will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing. Just some things you gotta do. Don't mean you have to like it. There's nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. Let her get away, mommy. Welcome to another edition of Horrifying My Friends. I'm a horror host, Trav, a.k.a. the Captain Creature, and joining me as always, the theme queen herself, Producer Kay. Hello. <laughs> so this week, uh, we bring you another brand new review, and uh, we just got out of the theaters to see, and we went and saw, I should say, uh, Pearl, the new Ty West film, which was uh, uh, pretty crazy, and we will get to uh, talking about that here pretty soon. But as always, we like to talk about what we've been watching, what we've been checking out. Um, Kate, do you want to start? What have you been watching? What have you been checking out? Uh, any reality TV shows <laughs> that you have uh, dove into headfirst lately? Uh, I started a stupid dating show on Netflix as like a background noise mm -hmm. because, yeah, you don't need to pay attention to it. It's really not that good. Uh, it's called Dated and Related, which sounds really scandalous. Like, siblings shouldn't be real or like, <laughs> what's going on there? Mm -hmm. uh, it's really all it is. It's Love Island, and you bring your sibling along to be your wingman, and you wingman each other. That's all it is. So it's um, it's kind of boring. I'm not gonna lie. It's really not the best, you know, reality dating show out there. But it's something to have on in the background um, when kids aren't around or if i'm just doing busy work but uh nothing great what are you watching have you been listening to any podcasts lately i listen to the off menu podcast have you heard of this no no um so there's two comedians they're british comedians ed gamble and james a Casser. they're like friends and um stand-up comedians and they love food they're kind of foodies and they go you know they they often will perform together travel together and they'll um they go out to eat all the time. They just love talking about food. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they ha do a podcast where there's, there's like a dream restaurant uh, and they have on guests. They're all celebrity guests, you know, uh, and they ask them what they're, they basically walk through what their dream meal would be like from like their drinks, their starters, their mains, their sides, like their desserts, everything. And you kind of walk through it and then the the guest inevitably starts telling, you know, stories from their life make and they make a lot of jokes they have a lot of comedians on so it's like a fun way to get to know somebody um through them talking about food uh they talk about their families and culture and all kinds of things it's it's some it's really fun easy little listen see i can't listen to shit like that though because i'd be like super super hungry like all the time <laughs> like i don't know that really it's fun to judge other people's food tastes though it's kind of interesting fun. yeah um and yeah, they're just really funny people, so I enjoy that one. All right, so podcast I've been listening, and I mentioned this before, but the, it's the Video Archives podcast by uh, Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery, so they wrote Pulp Fiction together and stuff, and uh, the backstory is, and it's a killer podcast for any cinephiles out there, um, they actually worked in a video store way back in the day in like the 80s, and Quentin Tarantino, of course, got rich and famous and shit, and bought all the videotapes and 
like basically just move the video store to his house. So basically each, each week or every other week they go through and pick like, uh, like two movies from the alphabetical order and they talk about them and, you know, like just the history of them and when they first saw them and, Tarantino being like the, you know, the history of cinema guy that he is. It's actually really, really cool. They've covered like Demonoid, The Keep, Cocaine Cowboys, like a bunch of weird, like if you're into like Vinegar Syndrome type stuff for the collectors out there, uh, just a bunch of weird fucking videotape era movies. Um, but yeah, I've been listening to the hell out of that. Um, I checked out Elvis, uh, and I know this isn't horror, but um, I actually dug it. I, I didn't think I was going to. It was like two hours and 40 minutes, and you know how I am like lately with uh, long movies. Like th- That's almost <laughs> even worse than like TV shows now. Like If a, if a movie's like three hours, like I'm probably not going to check it out unless it's like Batman or whatever. But I got to say, some of the stuff was like a little weird, a little wonky. Uh, it's the guy that made The Great Gatsby, so it's like a little over-stylized at times. And I don't get like why they influence like modern, why they like um, infuse wa- modern music like into like a movie like Elvis or whatever. Like I hate that kind of shit. Uh-huh. Um, but Austin Butler is fucking fantastic in that movie. Like, it, to be honest, the movie is like, a C plus to a B, but Austin Butler is like an A plus. Like this dude is fucking like amazing as Elvis. Um, and it kind of blew me away. Like fair enough. Um, maybe I'll give it a chance. I did enjoy that. They showed like Elvis downfall and stuff like that too. Like, mm. cause you know, I always say, and this is going to be a little tangent, but like Elvis is like the American dream. It's like, the dark side of the American dream, I should say what the American dream really is, is that you get rich and famous and then you get like hooked on pills and die on your toilet. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it's so fascinating though. Like what happened to this rock star guy? And it's like, he has one of the most interesting stories like, you know, of all time, but it starts him growing up, um, being introduced to like, um, like, you know, like, uh, black religious music and, you know, uh, like black churches and stuff and like really, really loving that type of like soul music and shit. And then it just like follows his career really as he he appropriates it and yeah, exploits it for his own riches. Oh, for sure. For (laughs) sure. I mean, like America was a crazy time back then though. It made, it made it seem like he was like really close with like BB King and shit though. And like yeah, that. I think a lot of the the bigger acts and mm-hmm. stuff they they ran in the same circles. Yeah, it, it really painted him in like a really good light. It painted the colonel in a fucking bad light, which it, it was like it was crazy because I don't know how much of it is true. And uh, I realize we're talking about Elvis like for a lot right now, <laughs> but like the colonel like robbed him of his money, like wouldn't let him tour out of the states. Like he never went and toured out of the states. Wow. And they were offering him a million per show. And and the colonel was like, no. Wow. <laughs> it was fucked up, man, because he's just like, here, take your pills and, you know, do the shows that I sign you up for. Mm-hmm. It's so fucked up. But, yeah, I, I thought it was worth a watch. Um, yeah, like, if you're into, like, Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, and all those other movies, like, it's kind of like the standard kind of stuff. Yeah. But enough about Elvis. Elvis rocks, but fuck Elvis right now. Um, <laughs> this podcast tonight is about Pearl from 2022. Just came out, uh, if you're listening to this, on our 
streaming day of Monday. It had just came out this last Friday, and uh, Kate and I were able to go out to the theaters and see it. Uh, this is written by Ty West and Mia Goth, uh, directed by Ty West, of course. Ty West, if you're not familiar with that name, I know a lot of you are, but it, he made The House of the Devil, which was one of my favorite movies of the 2000s, The Innkeepers, Sacrament X, um, this last year. One of the more unique and special filmmakers continuing to work in horror after taking a few-year hiatus, but I'm glad that he returned with The Fantastic X, and he continues that story with the prequel Pearl. Uh, synopsis. Trapped on her family's isolated farm, Pearl must tend to her ailing father under the bitter and overbearing watch of her devout mother, lusting for a glamorous life like she's seen in the movies. Pearl's, <laughs> Pearl finds her ambitions, temptations, and repressions all colliding in this origin story of X's iconic villain. Starring Mia Goth as Pearl, David... Karinswe as the projectionist, uh, Tandy Wright as Wo- as Ruth as Wooth, uh, <laughs> Matthew Sutherland as Pearl's father, and Emma Jenkins Perot as Mitzi. Okay, so a little, little bit of trivia here. This isn't like the basic, you know, the standard horrifying my friends uh, kind of like outline and stuff where I like go a little bit deeper with the trivia. But you know, spoiler alert. A couple of these are probably going to come up like more often than not because it is the spooky season, Andrew Balt, and a <laughs> lot of new horror movies are coming out. Um, so this was kind of like on the low filmed kind of like right after to simultaneously with X. Um, I remember seeing this like in articles and like hearing rumblings about it, like when X was kind of getting pushed out. Uh, Pearl, of course... Uh, serves as that film's prequel showing the character's early life in 1918. Um, Ty West began writing the script um, for the prequel film as he was finishing up like uh, during production on X and during the post-production on X. The filmmaker stated that it came from an idea that like uh, he collaborated on with Mia Goth and that um, he saw it as a potential like film series and he pitched it to a 24 as such uh, during this was all happening like during the pandemic and stuff. So they had a lot of time to kind of uh, mull it over and like, you know, put all this stuff together and a 24 greenlit it, which is really, really cool. It's not too often you get like original horror franchises. So I'm glad that these have done well. Like mm-hmm. it, it's really actually kind of cool to portray the, um, the teen dreaming of stardom. It's said that a big inspiration on this film is whatever happened to Baby Jane. Have you ever seen that? Um, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, a, a long pretty, time ago. pretty crazy movie. I guess uh, we'll have to get to uh, covering that at one point. Describing his approach to each movie, he stated that X was, Ty West stated that X was heavily influenced by 70s horror films like The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the masterpiece that is eaten alive. Um, you know, Mario Bava, there's a few others like, you know, the, just like low key kind of references and stuff and X. And, um, he stated that with Pearl, he wanted like kind of a melodrama, like Technicolor style of Wizard of Oz or Mary Poppins, like a, kind of like a demented Disney movie kind of thing. Um, so the third movie serving as a sequel to X, um, takes place in 1985 and is titled Maxine. So the plot picks up basically around our survivor of X named Maxine. And uh, 
the survivor of the massacre of X, and she continues her pursuit into Hollywood. Yeah, also played by Mia Goth. Yeah, uh, yeah, everybody's played by Mia Goth. It's like a Seth <laughs> MacFarlane kind of thing. It is pretty crazy though that he's like he was able to set up this like world. Um, you know, just kind of uh, starting up our initial thoughts. But um, I-, I will let you go ahead and um, get initial thoughts out of the way Kate so this is a, of course a brand new movie and I know horror heads are going to be knocking down the cinema doors to go see it um, or they better be because it's a fucking original horror movie um, so we're not going to spoil it right off top we're going to give our initial like reactions and kind of our initial just very very like basic thoughts on the film and then we're going to go into spoilers uh, so Kate give me your initial reaction to this movie I was enthralled <laughs> with this. So it's, there's not a ton of action. Mm-hmm. It's a slow build. It's a lot of character work. You're like really, um, really getting to know Pearl, um, really getting to know her relationship with her mother um, and, f- and father. And um, it takes place in 1918. Her, She's very young, but married, um, mm-hmm. and her husband is off in World War One. Uh, there's an influenza pandemic happening at the same time um, locally, and her mother, her father, you know, has complications from. Well, I think what they imply is that he caught the influenza virus, and he has major complications from it that make him kind of an invalid, um, an infirm, and. Um, so I thought that that, like, bringing in an old global pandemic at the same mm-hmm. time um, that we're kind of still coming out of, like, a, a pandemic um, was interesting how that timing worked out. It must have been intentional when they were thinking of X and thinking of a prequel. Oh, yeah. And the characters yeah, and when they set X, you know, um, so that it would work out that Pearl would have been young at that time. Um, she's isolated out on this farm and, like, it's a bleak life. And so I loved getting all that backstory because usually when I see a slasher like X, um, I want so much more of the backstory about the killers. Like I want to know why they're doing what they're doing. And this is Mm -hmm. the film that tells you all those answers. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would describe it kind of like, it's like a budding psychopath coming of age story, coming to terms with her true self, accepting herself because it starts out with this innocent looking girl, you know? I want to be a star. And then you watch her kind of devolve over the film. And that's not spoiling anything. That's in the no, trailers. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, on the poster. <laughs> and it's just, Mia Goth, I think, did an amazing job. There's a monologue we'll talk yeah, about she's later. really good. There's a monologue that we'll talk about later that was phenomenal. And she is the movie. Right now, I can't say enough good things about it. Like, I'm excited to, to see it again eventually when I can. I think there's a lot of really dark humor throughout this. Like I, several times I found myself laughing several times. It was like the, uh, it was the slapstick, like killings that were funny, but it was also like, holy shit, this is like real intense and uncomfortable. So you're laughing kind of thing. I noticed that like a couple times. Uh-huh. So just my initial, like totally basic thoughts on the movie. Like, um, I dug it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to ramble on, 
no spoilers because I do want to get into spoilers. Um, I wasn't prepared for how dramatic it would be. Like, uh, I, I thought it was going to be way more slasherific, mm. but I was like really, really pleased with how they took the story. Like you said, it's kind of a slow burn and you do get to spend a lot of time with this character and uh, actually like care for her, even though she's like a little nut. <laughs> like, but it, it is like, it's, it's a coming of age, like, and you kind of like feel for this girl, even though she's a total psychopath. And it reminded me of like, um, like a Norman Bates type kind of psycho kind of thing, like mixed with, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it gave me like Very shades of Norman Bates and like, Harry and like not so much like the supernatural stuff even Kathy Bates from misery like a little bit like it just by how fucking grandiose and awesome she was in the role but yeah I think that's all I'm prepared to say as far as like non-spoilers um I recommend this film highly and I'm not sure I'm not sure how I would rank this an X I think this one has better performances I'll say that um, just thinking about it. I think X is like... This the, is deeper. Yeah, so, this is way deeper. Yeah, X is a fun slasher. Mm-hmm. And this one is deeper. It's more intense. Like you were comparing it, you know, kind of like to um, Texas Chainsaw and Eaten mm-hmm. Alive, you know, where yeah, you the see... masterpiece. Where you s- <laughs> you're seeing, you know, a psychopath out in the country or whatever, acting crazy and killing people. It's much more elevated, I think, than than those in that in in the way of the character that you're seeing go crazy and be crazy Mm -hmm. like pearl in this you genuinely and i think this is due to her performance mia goth's performance i'd be scared if i was in a room with her and that's how she was acting and looking Mm -hmm. and like the terrifying like her body language and the energy she puts off you buy it Mm -hmm. you buy that she's crazy whereas Eaten alive, for instance, that guy, <laughs> over the top acting, oh, yeah. like just not believable. Just it's, it's funny. It's on. Ro- it's yeah. funny when it's not trying to be funny, kind of thing. I feel like, mm-hmm. and even the che- the Texas Chainsaw Psycho guys, mm-hmm. like in that family, are like super over the top and crazy. Now, don't get me wrong, Pearl can be over the top, but it's like, I could see a psychopath being over the top in the way that she is. Yeah, it felt like a little bit more real, maybe. Mm-hmm. Let's get into spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, if you're going to see this movie, unfuck it and go see it immediately. <laughs> and um, stop listening. Uh, you can't really spoil a lot, but we will talk about like a lot of the plot and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, just to dive in deeper to what I said earlier. I was expecting your standard slasher, and we got a fleshed out exploration of Pearl, who, like I said, is a Norman Bates type, and you really, really feel for this character and feel for all of her trauma. You see what makes her tick. You see the environment that she's grown up in. Yeah, it's fucking, like, it's really, really sad at times, and it's really, really scary at times. Do we want to get into, like, kind of like the basic plot breakdown of this one? Sure. Pearl, you come upon her out on the out on the farm you know she's dressing up in her mom's beautiful dress and her mom comes in and is just like basically shaming her and call and she calls her selfish for dancing for wanting to dress up for wanting to be free to wanting for wanting to just 
be a young woman in her prime Mm -hmm. because her mother is bitter. Um, Her life hasn't turned out the way she expected. Her mother is a German immigrant. Um, They live out on this farm. They all the farmhands have gone off to war and they're being sort of ostracized by the community because they're German and it's World War One. And um, her father, like I mentioned, is an invalid, constantly needing someone to care for him. Um, her mother has lost like any kind of love life and joy. She just is out there surviving on this farm and she's constantly on Pearl's ass to do her part around here. And she's a little too hard, I think, on Pearl. But what you what you come to realize is her mother has she she knows Pearl very well, and she knows that her daughter, since she was young, has been different psychopathic tendencies. Yeah, and that was some eerie shit to me. Yeah, like that was a lot of those scenes were very very eerie because like. We're getting this, um, like Pearl notices that something is off about her too. So you're kind of figuring out along with her that like everyone else notices, you know, yeah. stuff about her. Yeah. So Pearl is so isolated on this farm. Like she so rarely has interactions with anyone from out of town uh, or even her husband's family. They very rarely come around because there's this pandemic. Everyone's avoiding each other. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's so isolated and has been for so long she doesn't quite understand how different she is her mom finally just points it out to her and she's like listen like they're at the dinner table after a bunch of antics you know which i'll go back and explain some of those scenes too but there's a scene where they're at dinner um, and her mom just lays it out for her it's a turning point a tipping point in the film where pearl has you know, been flirting with a guy in town, lying about going and staying in town longer to get dad's medicine and seeing the dancing films and just lying about all of her things that she does in private. You know, like she kills geese and feeds them to the the gator in the swamp. Like she, <laughs> she like has a weird relationship with this predator and she humps like and has a sexual experience with like a scarecrow (laughs) um it's like her mom i think you don't see her witnessing these weird things but um her mom has noticed her weird and psychopathic strange behavior um the killing of animals i'm sure has happened her whole life but um all those things kind of happen and she's sitting at dinner with her mom and dad and she is saying how she's going to go on this She's going to go out to this audition at the church with her sister-in-law and she's going to be a star. I'm going to get out of here. I don't want my life to turn out like yours. She's saying these things to her mom and her mom, like I said, lays it out for her. She's like, you're going to go and you're going to fail. Um, rough. Mm-hmm. Not recommended as Brutal. Parent, for parents to say <laughs> to their kids, but you're you're going to go. You're going to fail. Like you should be making the most of the life that you have. Um, Cause you're not going to make it anywhere because you're different. You like people are going to note it. Like when you go back, when you go out into the world, people are going to realize that you're scary. You scare people. You're not normal. People will be in fear of you. That's why I keep you on this farm. You know, <laughs> essentially is what she kind of says. And um, Pearl doesn't believe it at that point. And she attacks her mother. She, her mother lights on fire 
on accident, but then she kind of, that's convenient for Pearl. And then she just goes on, um, that's like kind of where her psychotic break really happens. She's done a lot of little tendency, like psychotic Mm. tendency things leading up, but this is where things go really awry. So, um, her mother, (laughs) her mother's on fire. She does put her mother out with a hot soup. (laughs) Yeah, that shit was hilarious. And then um, she drags her mother down into the basement and leaves her there and locks her in. And, and she leaves her dad and she runs off the town in the middle of the night and has sex, commits adultery against her husband, who's away at war, uh, with the bohemian guy who showed her a porn, mm-hmm. um, who runs the the reels. A at stag the, film, as they yeah, used to go. Uh, who runs the the projector at the at the theater. He drives her home. And stop me at any point if you want to talk about any of these scenes. <laughs> um, the, the dinner scene was really, really intense. Uh, an excellent scene. Uh, I think very Norman Bates vibes with like his mom and things too, because you just see them battling and her mom tearing her down, her psyche down. Anyway, I digress. So she goes and has sex with the guy. He drives her home. He is none the wiser. Um, but she's got it in her head that this guy is going to take her to Europe. Mm-hmm. So you see where like the, her brain cells don't connect like a normal person. Yeah. Like he, she doesn't realize that he was just using her for sex. And once she, once it clicks, cause he's out on the farm with her and she's like trying to have sex with him again in her room after introducing him to her dad, who's literally like, all you can see is the fear in his eyes. Kudos to the actor who played him. Yeah, he's just sitting there and tearing there's, up. There's so much emotion <laughs> and fear and different kind of um, emotion, like just emotions that have come across his face, even though he's like kind of paralyzed. Um, so Could yeah, you imagine being trapped? Him. Like you're already in that state and you're in that fucked up house. Like, and you're just trapped there. Yeah. Like, and your daughter's like constantly doing weird oh shit God. to like almost kill you. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> she's like she tries to choke her dad at one point, takes him out like he's, she's gonna feed him to the the gators at one point. Her mom comes and saves him, and yeah, even when she's like touching him. So there, there's a part where she's taking a bath and uh, she like starts touching up his neck and then like wraps her hand around his neck, like she just does little subtle shit like that like throughout the movie that really brings an uh, like an unnerving like a quality it's, yeah well man. she actually starts choking him yeah. like she's i would say it's overtly aggressive and um violent like towards her dad because she knows yeah. her dad can't say anything anyway she's trying to have sex with him and he's hearing um this is what really sets it off for him that he's not that she's not he's got to get out of there um she claims that there's a that they she put her dog in the basement and the dog's clattering around um, and then she's out in the barn showing him her animals and talking about what their names are. And he's like, well, what's your dog's name? And she's like, well, I don't have a dog. Mm-hmm. So she like screws up. You can tell she's not a smart psychopath. You know what I yeah. mean? You see a lot of psychopaths in media um, portrayed as like highly intelligent. She's not. Then she realizes, oops, I fucked that up. And he's immediately like, okay, something's not right here about this girl. And he's just kind of tells her, all right, you know, I got to go. Yeah, and look like um, and she's like, "Wait, you're not gonna take me to Europe? You just use me?" Like, she's angry. She's mm-hmm. fucking angry. And that's where I got like the almost like the Kathy Bates from Misery uh, vibe too, because it starts out always like with 
you don't like me anymore or, you know, Mm -hmm. shit like that. And it's just like building the tension and building the tension. And you like really, really feel like, like you're like on the edge of your seat. Like, dude, get the fuck out of there. And a lot of horror movies these days don't do that to you. Like, that's kind of what I dug about this one is it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a throwback to like those sixties and seventies kind of like a suspenseful horror movies like not so much like the 80s slapstick stuff right she snaps grabs a pitchfork he's like getting in his car and you just hear her be like scream at him (laughs) um and she stabs him in the chest and off he goes in the car oh yeah that's he's dying it's hilarious but it looks genuinely like frightening Mm. like and it looks real. So she kills him. Like she gets him out of the car and then stabs him in the head. And it's just like, ugh, like almost like a toddler, like throwing a tantrum. Uh-huh. And almost like I'm done here. Just like, like yeah, inside. just like ugh, another inconvenience. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, like no remorse for what's happened. She just goes um, and she gets ready. She has to get ready. She kills her father. She suffocates him with a pillowcase. And then. <clears throat> she's gotten herself ready to go to her audition at the mm-hmm. church for this stupid little, you know, Christmas dancing troupe or whatever. Uh, they're they're just going to go around the state. They're not even going to, it's not even that big of a deal, but to her it is. And in her mind, like she has already done so much to be able to go to this <clears throat> in her eyes that this is her ticket out. This is her only way to freedom into a life that she thinks she deserves. Uh, and so she's sitting there with her sister-in-law and she gets in there and there's a, an amazing scene in her audition. Do you want to talk about her audition scene? Oh yeah. So describe it. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, um, this is a part in the movie where, um, and Andrew Bolt will be happy that I'm saying this, but it, it really, really reminded me of like taxi driver and Joker. Um, and a lot of people say Joker's a ripoff text driver. I somewhat agree, but <laughs> like, I felt like they really did a really good job of showing her delusion of what's happening in her mind versus, and then you kind of come back to reality to what's happening in real life. So in her mind, it's like, um, it's a bunch of sh- uh, soldiers, like kind of high stepping, like doing a kind of dance. What's that dance called? Like in a lot of ballet or musicals or whatever well they're just they're doing a a chorus line a kick line and Mm -hmm. um she's like the star in the middle and you know there's bombs going off in the background and and they had rosy cheeks like the soldiers did yeah that was the detail that i like i was like this is fucking awesome yeah there's um like kind of that all american big band kind of music happening Mm -hmm. and um in real life what's happening is she's gone on onto this stage with the most deadpan, nothing behind her eyes look, um, the piano player says, like, you ready? And starts playing piano music. And when the music break happens, where she's supposed to, like, start dancing, mm-hmm. she just, like, her whole face changes, but her eyes don't change. Yeah. Like, she does this, like, teeth-bearing, big-ass smile, um, and she's dancing her little heart away. She has no skills, really, whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but she's given it her all. And that's when this delusion comes in that you kind of described. Oh, yeah. It's brilliantly um, shot, man. And so she's literally having like what she thinks is a transcendent experience. Like they're going to love me. I've got this in the bag. She ends and she just stays in position smiling with her eyes closed. 
Um, and <laughs> the judges are brutal. The judges just like, thanks. You're not really what we're looking for. <laughs> Bye. Like, Bye, weirdo. <laughs> um, and she's just like torn apart. She's like, no, like, what do you mean? And he's like, we want someone more all American, someone with younger and with blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that like, she just cannot cope with that. She cannot accept it. And she starts making <laughs> the, the ladies trying to like pull her off the stage. And she's like, don't make a scene. Well, she makes a scene. She like screams like, no, yeah, I forget exactly what she says, but basically like, you know, Oh, she's inconsolable. I need, uh, yeah. I yeah. need, I need this. Like she's crazy. Um, she goes outside and like, again, Mia goth, had to have put so much into this like her just even sitting on the steps outside of the church after her audition with her head in her lap sobbing uncontrollably some of the most real like acting i've seen in a while like she picks her head up to her sister-in-law and she's like it's not like rolling out tears rolling out and it's very like real it's like real crazy like it's uh it's brilliantly acted crazy yeah and we all know like when we see like somebody just like overreacting trying to be crazy like trying to look crazy and shit Uh um this was not that this was like (laughs) this was like brutal man yeah so her sister-in-law is like let's get you home honey uh and takes her home like her. obviously she doesn't know that she's killed all these people Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and her sister-in-law gets her into the house. You see the the pig. I didn't mention that. Oh my um, god! But that Travis so was squirming in his seat every time that pig. So um, her sister-in-law and mother had, you know, earlier in the film, brought over a, like a roasted pig and nice pan, uh, almost like charity, uh, which her mother, Pearl's mother, rejected and left it out on the porch like a petty bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's a waste of food should not have done that but she was like we don't take charity <laughs> um and so this maggots have been getting at this pig <laughs> anyway um the sister-in-law is bringing pearl in and like notices the pig is out there being and she's like is that our pig that we brought like so that should have been sign number one like mm, something's off drop pearl off and get the fuck out but she doesn't she stays and she's trying to perk her up and cheer pearl up um and find out, like, what's really going on here, Pearl? Like, you can't th- be this upset just because of this audition, right? Um, it's just a silly little thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she keeps probing and prodding. And Pearl's like, all right, can't, like, you you pretend to be Howard, my husband. And I'm. Mm-hmm. And she basically has this really long monologue where she can just confesses everything. Um, so it's not just a confession, but it's also her, f- like, it's the first time she's ever verbally out loud and to anyone else acknowledged her differences like her mental health problems like i am not normal i don't do normal i do awful things um i can't control myself like and she admits also that the only reason she married howard was because she knew he came from a family that she and from a life that she wanted and she resented him because once she married him and did all these things to like woo him to her to use him to get into that lifestyle he didn't want that lifestyle he wanted the farm lifestyle that she was trying to get away from and so she felt you know resentful of that and so she's revealing all of these like really um deep seated feelings and motivations and 
manipulations that she's done over in her, over her lifetime and she admits that she's killed her mom she's killed her dad and her sister-in-law is just like sitting there listening and just like oh yeah and what's brilliant about that scene is like you're like the audience is the sister-in-law like mm-hmm. because the the camera's focused on Mia Goth the entire time while she's telling the story and she's telling it in a way it's like unraveling like oh my god like it gets it just gets like crazier and crazier and crazier and crazier and like her face gets crazier and crazier and like she starts like uh streaming tears and like um i saw like uh there's this is an indie wire article but it said that um it's by uh written by sam uh, Samantha Berg- Bergeson and the title Mia Goth was terrified filming Pearl because she never went to film school. So I guess that that was like a like a big um, like a big kind of hurdle for her like that scene in particular because it is like 15 minutes probably of just her talking like I don't know if it's that long but it feels that long mm-hmm. when you're in the theaters and um, like I said she's crying she's fucking very emotional she's and you feel bad for her man like you really do like uh, as a human being like as a character mm-hmm. um, but she said she was terrified to shoot the monologue because she never went to film school and she didn't have like any tools to kind of gear herself up with that um, Ty West uh, Mia Goth said that Ty West had a great idea of like filming that like towards the end of the shoot and uh, because Mia Goth was able to use all the emotional turbul- turbulence that Pearl had gone through up until that point to, you know, elicit tears and elicit sadness and, you know, pain and like all that stuff. And you really, really feel like that in this scene. Like I turned to Kate like while it was happening, I was like, this scene is fucking brilliant, dude. That's where like this movie really, really excels too, because as that scene wraps up, like the suspense is just building and building and building and all of a sudden you're we have another situation much like we had with the projectionist earlier where the sister-in-law is just like i i have to get out of the house like i have to get out of the house this is like this person is legit crazy yeah she's in self-preservation mode she's like how am i what am i gonna do here and so she's you know and again it's not like over the top crazy like Rob Zombie uh, text chainsaw like, where it's like I'll fuck your skull yeah, you know and like no. shit like that it's just a person laying it all out there of why like she kills animals and like all why this other is she stuff. so like so Ooh. down and out and dusted feeling so destitute of, like she's just she looks like a beaten up little girl you know who's just needs a relief you know needs to let it all out and yeah she doesn't have a mother to do it you know her mother's never been there like that for her they've never had that kind of relationship and um it's cathartic for pearl to get it out but i forget the name of her sister-in-law but her sister-in-law just is like okay um, my mother's expecting me i better get going well her yeah. mother doesn't know where she is because she lied about going to the audition so and pearl knows that as well um but Pearl is just like, you know, congrats on getting the, the getting the, winning the audition, essentially. And her sister-in-law is like, no, Pearl, like I didn't. And she's just trying to like appease her. But Pearl's like, don't. And this is where you see her finally like yeah. kind of snap into psycho mode. <laughs> she's like, don't lie to me. Yeah. Um, and then she tries to tell her what she wants to hear. And it's like, oh, thank you. You know, um, but 
Pearl's fucking pissed now. Pearl one, she realizes I've told her too much. She is going to tell someone she like, she's going to fuck up my situation. I don't want to get locked up. So, you know, I got to take her out, Mm -hmm. but Pearl doesn't like go after her immediately. Pearl so creepy she lets her sister-in-law like leave and her sister-in-law thinks like i might be all right like i might be able to just walk home and this is one of my favorite this is my probably favorite scene outside of like the monologue Mm -hmm. and the the audition scene because it's funny but it's terrifying yeah it's really really so the sister-in-law is walking away uh and she's in heels and pearl comes out of the house just kind of swinging her arms just kind of nonchalant picks up an axe and you see the you see the realization on the sister-in-law like with the sister-in-law and she starts to pick up her pace and run and then they're screaming and then pearl is like slowly kind of coming up behind her and then they're running and chasing it's just so well done like Really pay attention to that scene when you when you see it. If you're if you've gotten this far, brilliant scene. Mm-hmm. Um, axes are in the back a couple times, and then she turns around begging for the sister is begging for her life, and then she, you just like it cuts like you see her <laughs> taking the axe down, and then it cuts away. Um, but yeah, pretty much the rest of the film after that is yeah um, just Pearl doing cleanup mm-hmm. um, and preparing the farm. She's kind of told herself she's feeding she's, the gator yeah feeding the gator chopping up bodies and <laughs> and uh setting her mom and dad's dead oh, like yeah. corpses up at the dinner table with the, the maggot infested pig not a lot of time must have passed between when this happened and when her husband comes home from the war mm-hmm. coincidentally i guess um because her husband comes home and comes on the into this like weird tableau of her uh, dead parents with the maggot infested pig. Oh, that fucking pig! <laughs> and dude. Pearl is in the kitchen with lemonade and just like smiling like a maniac, saying like, "Oh, I'm so happy you're home." But like he's like her savior, oh. um, or like she thought maybe like this is a I don't know what she thought. I don't know what she thought because like she want really what she made it seem like she wanted to do was like I'm gonna get I'm gonna make the farm and everything like really you know. I'm going to get it in shape for when Howard gets home so that he won't leave me and he'll love me and take care of me and I can try to have a good life, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's weird that she left everyone at the table like that. And, <laughs> and um, kind of sweet, really, <laughs> if you think about it. And so, yeah, the whole, like, and he's obviously horrified and, um, but nothing, you don't really see much interaction beyond that because then the camera just, as the credits roll, is just trained on her face. Mm-hmm. Um and she, her smile, she's got this crazed smile to begin with, and it just becomes more manic and more crazy and more wide-eyed. And she starts, tears start rolling down her face as she's smiling in this insane way. Uh, and then it just kind of closes on that. It reminded me of like the and, like Andy like, Warhol used to do. Do, do you, do you or know? Or like a Looney Tunes kind of yeah, thing, Yeah, <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. Andy Warhol used to do screen tests of people, um, of like fa- famous people celebrities and he would just sit them in front of a camera and not say anything and just that's all he would do and just to and he would just leave them there for a long Mm -hmm. time and almost every single one of them ended up crying (laughs) at a certain point um for whatever reason they were 
Um, Bob Dylan, I think, is the only one who didn't break. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's true. Someone correct me if I'm wrong about that. But like, that's kind of how long oh, yeah. she, that the camera is on her. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and no wonder she's like tears are rolling because I don't even think she blinks. So one more question for you because I was thinking about this. Like we and we mentioned it a couple times that this is like more classic horror and I, I brought up like 60s but I would even like now that I'm thinking about it like go like 30s 40s 50s mm-hmm. uh, what did you think about the aesthetic of this movie because it's like it's almost like terror in the daylight and it is shot very much like some of those old like greetings from like you know like the the signs that you see like greetings from New Jersey like you know those <laughs> those like kind of signs that you see off the side of the road it's almost shot in like the those those styles of those 30s and 40s movies yes it's it's shot bright and cheery i think the juxtaposition's cool mm-hmm. um and i get why they did it that way um because in Pearl's mind, that's what her life is like. Mm-hmm. There's all this potential and she's shiny and she's beautiful. And she's like, I'm the most beautiful girl in the world. Like, I'm going to be famous one day. I'm like, everyone's going to love me. Everyone's going to think I'm a star. Um, and so this bright, cheery outlook on life is like what she, it's the way she thinks. And so it makes sense that the film is shot in that way because it's all about Pearl. Uh, and then it gets darker and it gets messier and uglier and you know as as it goes on mm-hmm. um not uglier but you know what i'm saying like it gets like grimier i guess yeah. like, no it's like terror and the mundane and the realist the realism of the world and stuff like uh-huh. underneath yeah it's really 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 cool like really cool decision um to go away from you know like the 70s grit kind of stuff of x yeah um a, a a small little part that i kind of forgot to mention at one point i'm curious what you thought because it it gave me norman bates vibes as well um she turns her mother or dead mother over uh she's all burnt up in the basement and she just crawls into her mother's lap and puts her mother's arm around her yeah um, pearl like- does that she's just like all she wants is like her mother's comfort and embrace which in real life she it seems like now she never would have gotten anyway um but at least in her mom's death she can feel this kind of she can create this idealized image of her mother in her mind where her mother's singing a yeah. german lullaby to her and stuff it's actually very sad yeah and like that's that's one of those like scenes and there's several of them throughout the movie where you do like feel for this person it's and again it's not just like why are these people crazy again like the, like how the fuck are these hillbillies out there just like psycho like what happened to them like you know mm-hmm. um but her it's like she has clearly something going on like she's clearly uh mentally ill uh if that's the right word for it and also like there's trauma there from her mother, like clearly, like, you know, she just wants to be loved, wants to be accepted. Well, they've traumatized each other and, you know, just life has traumatized her mother as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all very sad. Yeah. It's not as cut and dry, black and white. Like the killer's a psychopath. There's no reason for it. Mm-hmm. No, like, you know, when you think of, um, Oh, Michael, Mike, Michael Myers, mm-hmm. like, He's a psychopath from when he was a kid too, unlike Pearl, but he just kills his sister from for seemingly no reason at all. Um, his just, sister or the retcon, yeah, yeah, She's girls, yeah, right. 
Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, I get uh, you. But yeah, there's no, like, you don't really get a backstory other than he's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Pearl, she doesn't do any killing of humans until she's, like, grown up, right? So it's, it's weird because it makes you sympathize or kind of empathize, not sympathize, but maybe empathize at least a little bit with a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a killer, a killer at that. You kind of find yourself being like, I guess I see why she did that. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, you've been known to sympathize with like Bundy and stuff like that, right? No, don't do that. <laughs> Friend of the show, <laughs> Bundy. Um, okay, so let's get our final rating for Pearl. And did you like it better than X? Would you? Can you even compare it to X? I think they're so different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like it better than X personally. I, I really enjoyed X, but I think I enjoyed this one more. But this is just, I think, a stronger film. Like, it's like stronger with its character work. And I like backstory. I like getting deeper with a character and understanding them um, and seeing their trauma and, like, what makes them the way they are. Um, so it's just different. This I prefer this one. But I'd, I still watch both. Um, I think I'd rate it. Right now, like four and a half out of five. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I would go four and a half out of five as well. And I enjoyed this more than X as well. Um, I think it's a really, really strong movie, man. And I, I actually want to go see this again. Like I I might take Jack to go see it just uh, just to see what he fucking thinks of it. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, man, that scene when she's talking to her sister-in-law, though, will like be burned in my memory, though. Like she is so fucking good in that scene. Um, but yeah, four and a half out of five for me. Like I really, really loved this movie. Um, and I, I dug that it was such a departure from, uh, you know, stylistically and stuff from X. Um, uh, Ty West is a talented motherfucker, man. Um, so that will be our Pearl review. Go see Pearl in theaters. Don't wait for it on Blu-ray or on streaming like some noob. Um, as always, you can find us on facebook and instagram at horrifying my friends and on twitter at horrifying mf also hit me a line at capped creature on twitter and tiktok um that'll be it have a murderous week <laughs> bye <laughs>